As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the wrestling daily normally once again it'd be alex and i on today's show but alex is in abu dhabi covering ufc things that's that's the extent of my ufc knowledge uh so he won't be here today and it'll be myself and s3 he won't actually be here for a few weeks uh while he's out covering the show because he is a proper journalist that gets sent to, to places i just sit in my room and uh and, and, and write about wrestling. But yeah, uh, it'll be the co-hosts uh, on a rotation for the next two weeks. But we will be hearing from Alex on, on videos that he sent in to sort of give us a little rundown of what he thinks about things. We don't completely forget about him because me he, he me and him did a rundown yesterday, like a little test run at his hotel. And the Wi-Fi was so bad, it wouldn't even let him into StreamYard to begin with and with his camera. So we're like, all right, we're going to have to figure something out. Uh, but yeah, I'm here with SP3. So SP3, how are you doing? How are you? How, you're are you my protege. Is this how this works now? Is Alex, are my Alex's and your mine? Is 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 this how this works? I I guess like it's like I'm a second generation uh, protege now. So I, I, I did it. No second, second. Yeah, yeah, second generation <laughs> or or third generation, whichever or I'll be I'll be the Rocky Maivia to your Rocky Johnson, sir. Uh, but hello, everyone out there. I'm glad to be back on another week of Wrestling Daily, another week of the latest wrestling news. And we got a lot on tap for today. Yeah, I thought it'd be actually quite fitting that you and I pull double duty today and tomorrow, considering that that's what everyone on Raw did last night, because everyone on Raw was wrestling twice. Seems like that's the new thing to do. But we'll be speaking about Raw, diving into why it was such a skeleton crew for the show. Will we speak? Uh, we, we've actually got a ton of news today. When I was sending SP3 the uh, the links before, I was like, "Oh, we have a lot," which is always good. Uh, we've got an update on some people that weren't on Raw uh, last night and why that is. Uh, the COVID outbreak within WWE, the COVID outbreak within wrestling as a whole. Ric Flair being full time now. Uh, top WWE stars being involved in a WWE India show that's taking place very soon. COVID uh, Kingston uh, having a bit of a nasty injury. And a former WWE star being brought back to the company last year for a pay-per-view that didn't even make it to air and why WWE aren't having fans at the Royal Rumble. So before we dive into the show, just want to remind you guys, if you want to get your ultra chats in, head on over to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2. We'll be able to talk about anything that you guys suggest, uh, any topics you want to talk about, any hot takes on Raw, any, anything you want, us to, want to ask us, let us know in the ultra chats and we will get to them. I can already see a few of them in the doc as it is. So 
Before we start with Raw, I want to play the little video from Alex because he's got some hot takes about Raw that I think will be quite interesting to uh, dive into. So after all, this is Res uh, Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. So let's hear what he's got to say. Hello, everyone. Of course, it's me, Alex McCarthy. You may recognize me from Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily, but I'm never on it anymore, which makes me very very sad as you can see i'm here in my hotel room in abu dhabi because i'm out here covering fight island where conor mcgregor is going to be in action next saturday um unfortunately the internet here is not capable of me being your host live unfortunately me and louis had a test run the other day but between you guys and i i think louis is sabotaging me he set this up he set up this hotel he's killing my internet he's trying to take my spot on the Wrestling Daily, and I won't bloody have it, the young whippersnapper. Um, so please forgive me. Uh, I will be chiming in from time to time with nice little video messages so that I don't completely slip from your minds. Uh, but until then, let Steph Chase, SP3 and Louis take care of all your wrestling needs. All I will say is, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I didn't think I'd ever drop in a hot take. I thought the end of Raw was kind of cool. Soz, um, Alexa Bliss, I still like her, Randy, okay, I mean, the fire thing's a bit weird, but still, I thought it was fairly cool, and the way the sledgehammer was on fire, and then it all went out, better than your old bog-standard finish, I guess, uh, Lord knows where they're going with it, but I didn't hate it, under the circumstances, I think Raw could have been worse with its depleted roster, could have been better, but it could have been worse uh all my good eggs out there thank you again for all your nice messages and the tweets that you continue to give me they mean a lot to me and they keep me sane while i'm here in abu dhabi so please continue watching wrestling daily and i will see you soon Mwah! except you louis <laughs> he's making i'm covering his ass and he's making out like i'm the bad one but uh it is great to hear from alex i have missed yeah. uh, doing shows with him but his hot take, his hot take, the ending of Raw was good. Right, okay. Let, let's break this down. So for those that haven't seen, the show opened up with Randy Orton, oh, sorry, with Triple H in the ring, uh, interrupted by Randy Orton within about five seconds, I think. Uh, this was obviously supposed to be Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, but that was, um, that was cancelled after Drew McIntyre tested positive for COVID. So um, that set up a match later on in the night. If you can even call it a match, it didn't last long at all. Within a minute, there was no ref there. Within a, a minute, uh, Triple H's sledgehammer was on fire. And then the lights went out. Triple H was gone. And Alexa Bliss was there with Randy Orton and threw a fireball in his, play, I mean, in his face. It was very, it's the sort of thing where if someone walked in that wasn't a wrestling fan, I would be a little bit embarrassed to be watching. I would. It's one of those ones where you've kind of you got to explain it, and you're like, it's hard to explain to make this not seem stupid and not seem corny and not seem like everything that non-wrestling fans claim that wrestling is. That that's that's just my opinion anyway. But it'll be interesting to see what you've got to say on this because I wasn't a fan of the angle and the show as a whole, really. I agree with you on one end. I, I did not enjoy this show. This was on the low end. And I, I grade Raw on a curve to begin with. Like the, the smartest student in the room is a 68 average. That's how I grade Raw. That's how I grade Raw. Anything anything above a five is suitable for, for Raw. This was below that. This was this yeah. was I think I was generous. I think on Twitter I gave it a four out of ten. I was being very, very generous. Um, this angle, however, I I laughed. So I think I got some type of enjoyment out of it. I don't know if laughter was their goal to get from the fans, but yeah. if I can laugh at something in professional wrestling, that means that I'm enjoying it on some certain level, 
even if it's just too ridiculous for me to handle and I'm laughing because of that it it made my girl laugh so so yeah and she 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 tries to not watch current wrestling because she's an old school wrestling fan but it made her laugh as well so it got some type of reaction from me. I wasn't just watching and just being like, okay, that's lame. She pulled off the fireball Alexa Bliss a lot better than Hulk Hogan at Halloween Havoc 1998. So there's that. Um, it was like an aduke. So that was that was really cool. You know, you can have a whole bunch of memes with uh, Ryu and Ken with Alexa Bliss. So that's fun. And, and Randy Orton's selling was hilarious. Uh, we just mm-hmm. got nearly 40... 40 to 45 seconds of him just ah, ah, ah. it was I, I I I laughed. I laughed more because of his cell than the fireball to begin with, but it was entertaining on some level. So yeah, my, my issue is I laughed as well, but it wasn't a good laugh. It was like a, it, I was laughing at them, not with yeah. them. Which is, uh, and, and the thing, I, what I think, which is, which is quite alarming, they under no intention wanted us to laugh. That wasn't the intention of this. They thought this would be cool, and it wasn't cool. So I, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me at all. I, I don't know whether, I, I presume this would have been exactly, I don't know for sure, but I presume this would have been exactly what would happen if Randy, if Drew was able to make the show, which we'll get on to talking about later, the sort of circumstances surrounding the COVID outbreaks within WWE and wrestling as a whole. But I, I don't know whether this would have been the angle, and I'm happy Drew wasn't involved because I think it would have brought him down by proxy and just by association. Yeah. Like Triple H, we're not going to see again on TV for a while, or definitely not in a wrestling capacity. So I don't think it damages him too much by just disappearing, which I can kind of take solace on. Uh, just just going through a couple of comments here, one from Kevin Spears. Something different is always good. I agree, but I don't know about your main event angle because something cool and hokey like this, is it, it's always fun. If it was, I don't know. In a 24-7 skit, call it. Okay, it's different, it's out there. Maybe that's a little bit far for one of those, but I don't know. I just think for your main event angle, for what your your hook, and the show was very much built around those two. It just wasn't enough for me, it, uh, personally, anyway. But, I mean, I'm I'm very, very reluctant to judge Raw too harshly because of the circumstances that surround it, which we'll actually get into now. So unfortunately, Drew tested positive yesterday. And this is the first time that WWE's acknowledged a talent has tested positive and acknowledged it on their show. Drew yeah. came out and said very, one of the most real, I would say one of the most real segments I've seen in a long time, but we're just a couple of weeks removed from Brody Lee's tribute show. But uh, it was one of the most real WWE segments in a, on the show, definitely. He just openly said, "Yeah, I've tested positive for COVID. Uh, what like it, it can happen to anyone. Stay safe, wear your mask." It, it was very nice. I think it should have opened the show personally. I agree. But I so so that we obviously know that Drew has, but he isn't the only one that has tested positive for COVID, unfortunately. Which is why a lot of wrestlers like Jeff Hardy like Matt Riddle, like Keith Lee and Sheamus, pulled double duty in wrestling because there was such a skeleton crew last night. So do you want to take us through what we know about the COVID outbreak within WWE specifically? Yes. Uh, as, you, as you just mentioned, that WWE announced that WWE champion Drew McIntyre had tested positive for COVID on the Wrestling Observer Radio. Dave Meltzer went into uh, more details on the latest outbreak of COVID within WWE, claiming that at least four wrestlers tested positive. His, uh, he said exactly, there's at least four, including Drew McIntyre, WWE wrestlers that I'm aware of that have or just got over COVID. And there may be more. There, Those are only the names I know. There was one on SmackDown who missed SmackDown and was scheduled on the show and was taken off. There's one who's a big star who just returned from COVID. And then there's another one in NXT. And there's probably others. And there's probably others uh, who are going to be kept out due to contact tracing, I'm going to guess. So a lot of this has to do with, you know, just coming back from the holidays. But it's a definitely a tough situation for WWE to be, to be in. I think they kind of 
uh, were handcuffed in this situation because typically they haven't announced uh, anyone who had COVID. They've kind of just swept it under the rug. But because this Raw, specifically on NXT, SmackDown, all throughout the week, it was very much about Drew McIntyre. They said this Raw is a big one for the WWE champion with the challenge of Goldberg, with the matchup with Randy Orton, that they were kind of forced to kind of make that announcement because you don't want to just out and out lie and claim an injury when it's such a big person. And it gave Drew the opportunity to make more of a connection with the fans because he's really the first person on WWE television who has mentioned the virus and really talked about it and, you know, being safe. And that message really came through to me. And it was, like you said, it was one of the more genuine moments that we've gotten on WWE television in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it it was, it was definitely, it, it was, real it felt honest and as you say i think if this was anyone else they wouldn't have mentioned it because you can get away with it but not having your wwe champion and obviously he won't be on next week's show either because of the 14-day quarantine so um it's two weeks without someone that has been involved in multiple segments for every week for all of the year really so it would feel well all of last year anyway so for the first time in 12 months he's not going to be on the show which will feel strange um but there were a few names, and this was quite strange, a few names that weren't on the show but were backstage, which, considering so many people pulled double duty, is quite surprising. So Fightful Select has some additional information on this. So do you want to take us through that report? Yes. Uh, so Fightful Select is reporting that uh, there has been, uh, well, first of all, they were talking about more of like the, the outbreak yeah. around there, but yeah, also the- so let's, let's talk about the outbreak of COVID within wrestling as a whole. And then within sort of uh, what happened on raw and why certain people weren't involved. Yeah. There's been another outbreak in the wrestling world following the holiday season. Uh, while specifics were not named the, the report says that shows from WWE, AEW and impact wrestling have all been affected. Obviously, the names were not given uh, of those affected, but the report did state that several matches and appearances were forced to be nixed as a result of the outbreak. So, you know, we've seen how it how it kind of affected Raw last night with a whole bunch of superstars doing double duty. Uh, AEW fortunately taped uh, New Year's Smash Night 2 la- last Thursday, so they won't we won't see immediate effects with them on their television this week. But I think the the one that's probably going to be affected the most by this is probably Impact Wrestling because they have uh, this Saturday Hard to Kill, which is a live pay-per-view. They also are going to have the taping following that that's supposed to be taping for like the next month of television for them. So I think out of all of the companies, even though we kind of saw the direct effects for WWE first, the one that's going to be affected the most by this is probably Impact Wrestling. Yeah, it, it is unfortunate, obviously. But I mean, uh, the report even says that WWE were expecting this and thought it'd be worse after the holiday season with everything. And I mean, you do have the issue is you've got people in Impact Wrestling dating people in WWE, people yeah. in WWE dating people in AEW, which it, and all friends with. So it is. It was to be expected that if wrestle if one company has a few positive cases, you're likely to get another company as well. Um, but obviously, our thoughts to everyone, Drew McIntyre, who we do know, and the others who we don't, obviously, thoughts to them, hoping yeah. they are staying safe, staying healthy with everything going on. And uh, back back to the initial Raw report that I was speaking about earlier. Um, so there's a couple of names that were mentioned by Fightful Select. So Asuka, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, Ricochet, and Nikki Cross. They were all backstage on the show, just weren't featured which yeah. is really strange considering they had so many people pull double duty you'd think they'd try something new and try may even just have like an exhibition match or another qualifying match like we saw for drew gulak who seems like he's the only person that has to qualify for the rumble whereas anyone else doesn't but what did you think of when you heard this report that there was that there were people that were backstage that weren't used it just seems strange I mean, this was like the head scratcher of all head scratchers because I, you know, I kind of, while I'm watching Raw, I'm like putting things together and I'm like, 
okay, I don't see Shelton and Cedric. Maybe they've been affected. You know, maybe Big Swole has been affected due to that. And, you know, putting, putting you know, the dots together, then you had Asuka not involved in the Charlotte segment, which now I kind of understand you wanted to keep it about Charlotte. And I think I hope we talk about that because we talked about my hashtag, which should be trending at this point, horny flair. Um, but, uh, you know, Ricochet wasn't involved in the retribution segment. We didn't have Nikki Cross. I mean, I would have thought that they probably would have involved the Hurt Business a little bit more, Cedric and Shelton, especially last week, having that strange loss to Lucha House Party. It kind of seemed illogical. If you're not going to do, okay, you don't want to do a tag team match, at least do a singles match. Give us like Cedric versus Lindsay or Shelton yep. versus, you know, Grand Matalik. Kind of follow up on it. The only follow up that we got with Lucha House Party was a random segment with uh, Riddle, which, which, which was more about, you know, getting across Riddle is a stoner and he can't, he doesn't understand terms like watch your back. So it was very strange to find out that all these people were backstage because raw definitely needed these people on yeah. the show i agree i completely agree hey everyone I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And uh, we've actually got a comment here from Uptown Avondale, which I want to uh, bring up. Why have anyone backstage if they aren't going to be on the show? Doesn't that increase the risk of infection? Yeah. I do completely agree uh, that you shouldn't be bringing people to shows if they're not going to be used. Uh, obviously, some people are used for the main event tapings, which are taped during before Raw. So we could see Nikki Cross part of main event or Cedric Alexander or Ricochet or whoever part of main event, which would make sense. But um. I think the issue here is WWE probably didn't know that they weren't going to use these people when they got to the building with, with so much changing. And it was actually reported that at 7 p.m. US time, so an hour before the show went live, the first hour of the show wasn't even complete and there were rough guidelines for the second and rough sort of ideas that they wanted to hit. So I reckon that they didn't even know by the time to tell people, hey, don't come to the show. They probably didn't have a clue who was going to be on the show or not. But I do agree with, with, the, with the reported outbreak there should be some planning and should be i guess being more proactive like aw they're not laughing now but being able to have the show 
tape that they're not going to have major problems for this week. It does show the advantage during the tapings. Obviously, the Thunder Rose and Britt Baker match is postponed, but we knew that going into yeah. the taping last week. Um, but yeah, I do agree that WWE should be being a little bit more proactive and all companies as a whole, really being a little bit proactive and saying, all right, there's an outbreak. So let's only bring the people to the show that really need to be there. Um, just want to bring up this comment from Tyler Woodward as well. Where is Alex? Uh, if you missed the top of the show, he is in Abu Dhabi covering UFC. Um, so if we, we tested out his Wi-Fi yesterday and it, it, no. It, it just it, it wasn't happy. So uh, we might release that as a bit of a social media exclusive. Alex and I are trying to get his Wi-Fi working and me saying, are you there? Are you there? And him just not responding to me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it'll be me for the next couple of weeks and the next two weeks. And Alex dropping in with some videos that he will be able to send. Uh, I want to get into one or two ultra chats while we're here. If you want to get in your messages, send them to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle2. If you've got a particular topic you want us to debate, a particular thing that you want us to know or question you want to ask, let us know in the uh, in the ultra chats and we will get to it. Uh, one here from CM Chris. Hello, Louis and SB3. This week is a big one for Impact Wrestling slash AEW with Impact Show on Tuesday and Hard Skill Pay-Per-View and New Year's Smash Night 2. Also, shout out to Carol. We all miss her after her work stuff changed. Yeah, so unfortunately, Carol won't be able to be in the comments uh, videos. She is she is sorely missed. So, uh, Carol, we hope we, if you're watching that you're doing all right. Um, okay. So, big night, a few nights for AEW and Impact. Um, obviously, th this is uh, there are big matches on the show, but the one everyone's talking about is uh, and Kenny Omega versus Motor City Machine, Motor City Machine Guns, and Rich One, which obviously comes off the angle uh, last week where Good Brothers debuted in AEW. So, pretty exciting, pretty pretty exciting. Uh, with with the hand gesture, the hand gesture. God, sure. The hand, we, the hand we, signal, the familiar hand signal. Go on, go on. Let's do it. Uh, no, no, other way, other way, other way, other way. Yeah. Other hand, other hand. Go, go, go. There we go. <laughs> We're doing the hand signal. <laughs> do not come for us. We are doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna get seasoned assisted, but is, is that how you say it? Seasoned assisted, who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, we are uh, so big, big few nights for AW and Impact. <laughs> so, do you think we're gonna see um, the Young Bucks at um, Hard to Kill? Uh, I actually wrote about this for Sports Keto Wrestling. I think that's like the first uh, direction that you can logically like put together after this big angle. Uh, I know a lot of people want to see the Young Bucks in uh, Impact Wrestling because there's a bunch of tag teams that could potentially give you match of the year type of candidates or best tag team matches of the years with like uh, the North. Um, there, yeah, the North. You got. Motor City Machine Guns. There's a there's a whole bunch of them that it would really give you good matches with the Young Bucks, and I feel like it it would give you kind of like a shock type of feeling. And I think that Impact Wrestling has buzz going into this event, and they need buzz coming out of this event. And I think the Young yep. Bucks appearing would give them that. So, it, it, I mean, it would be interesting nonetheless. And I think I don't think this is going to be a long partnership i guess between uh the good brothers and kenny omega and the young bucks i think it's going to lead to a young bucks and good brothers match which will be pretty exciting probably on aw and will be great for both companies which is obviously the aim of a working relationship uh thanks for that uh ultra chat cm chris and we'll get to the other ones later on in the show so if you want to get those in head on over to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle two um, some more news uh, coming out uh, of WWE with, uh, with 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 Raw was um, Kofi Kingston. So Kofi Kingston wasn't on Raw last night. Commentary said that he has a broken jaw. And it seems like this is legit, which is obviously unfortunate. Uh, do you want to take us through what Kofi said on his Instagram live video about what he's dealing with right now? 
So Kofi uh, talking about his jaw injuries, he said, I got to apologize because I feel like I'm talking out of the side of my mouth and I'm dealing with a jaw injury right now. My mouth is only closing on one side. And if I sound kind of funny, that's why. Ordinarily, I do a lot of imitations, impersonations and impressions, but I'm not doing that right now. I'm talking funny, trying to figure this situation out. So I know that, you know, they had this was another one that I kind of feel like they had to specify due to the whole COVID outbreak with uh, Drew McIntyre making his announcement. Because I think if Kofi was just absent without this, uh, him on his Instagram live or them saying it on commentary, people would make the the logical, you know, speculation that he is also a part of the outbreak. So it was smart of them to kind of get out in front of that with the Instagram live video, as well as them saying it on commentary. But I wish him, you know, the best of luck, you know, jaw injuries are just annoying as hell. And especially someone who, you know, is a very verbal type of person. If you've seen Kofi Kingston on his social media or on Up, Up, Down, Down, you know he likes to talk. So I know this is like a very painful injury for him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm just hoping he's back by the Rumble so we can see the inevitable Kofi Kingston spot. Because if we don't get that, Kofi doing something crazy, uh, I will be very upset. But obviously, yeah, thoughts out to him from everyone here at Wrestling Daily. We hope that he his injury is not... Uh, no, broken draw sounds quite crazy and, and scary, but we hope that it's nothing overly serious that he won't be able to recover from. <laughs> I was actually, when I heard the news, I was like, oh, it's a shame, obviously, that the tag titles won't be able to be defended for a while. Completely forgot that New Day weren't the tag champions and it's hurt business. Shows what um, WWE makes us feel about the tag titles and how well they're featured. Because I was like, oh, damn. Like, And then when I was, so I fell asleep during Raw, so I was rereading it. Uh, and, and before I rewatched it today, and I was like, "Oh, so T-Bar beat um, beat Xavier Woods, so that's setting up the next tag title feud for Retribution." No, nope, completely forgot that they're not the champions. Nope. Um, but yeah, it's it, obviously speedy recovery to Kofi Kingston. Um, a little bit more news uh, that that we've got now about um, the Royal Rumble. So. Unfortunately, we know that there aren't going to be fans of the Royal Rumble, which I know that we're all we all know it's the right thing. But I think everyone was a little bit disappointed because the Royal Rumble is just it's the best pay-per-view of the year. It, 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 for me, there is no pay-per-view better than the Royal Rumble. And um, WrestleVotes has tweeted the following about why the decision was made not to have fans of the Royal Rumble. Um, Still getting a ton of Royal Rumble slash fan attendance questions. The fact of the matter is WWE views stress, manpower, and complete undertaking of removing the Thunderdome for one night is just too much to make it all work. Sad but true, the wait continues. I mean, it it was expected. It is going to be really weird without crowds, but you can bet you'll know who they want you to cheer because they will pipe in those noises really loudly for the ones they want you to cheer. And for the other ones, I'll just not even care. But um, I, I asked Denise this on the Friday show. How are you feeling about the Royal Rumble without fans? And has this changed who you think might win? Because obviously WWE could give us someone that they think fans really wouldn't want, but know that obviously if if this person wins at the Rumble, they can doctor the noise however they like. So have you changed your opinion about the outcome of the match and what you think based on this uh, sort of news that we aren't going to have fans? No, I'm going to I'm going to con- go with my my gut feelings here like I said, I want and I think Bianca Belair is going to win the women's Royal Rumble even though, you know, the the call up of Rhea Ripley does put that into some doubt. So so your your pick is very strong as well. Um and I think that Daniel Bryan is going to win even though I want Big E to win. I think Daniel Bryan is going to win, but it makes it more likely for my proclamation to be true that Goldberg will defeat Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble to loud, loud Goldberg chants because we saw with Triple H last night, they have a new volume for for chants. They can can turn it up to, to 10. And eleven now, and they will they will put it in, and it will sound like the crowd is going wild for Goldberg, our new WWE champion. 
So yeah, that's what I think of SV3 saying the gold bar. You're exposing the business here with my lack of um, <laughs> lack of uh, how how narrow these backboards are. But yes, please, please never put that into the world again. We know that WWE watches this show. They're going to think it's a good idea now. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Don't just don't. Um, I actually want to talk about Drew McIntyre's promo on Raw because I thought it was brilliant. His second one, when he accepted Goldberg's challenge, it was at a disadvantage. This story was at a disadvantage because of the timing that we spoke about last week and the timing difficulties. There was a lot of issues with the closing segment. Drew Mac- Goldberg said that Drew McIntyre disrespected the legends when he hasn't really. He wasn't able to explain himself, and Drew wasn't able to defend himself. But in this promo on Raw last night, Drew did a really good job of uh, sort of straightening that out and make and making it sort of seem saying like, "Oh, this is the only WWE, this is the only title that's evaded you. You've won the Universal title. You haven't won the WWE title, and it's the most prestigious, which is quite important because it keeps that Roman Reigns plate spinning that we spoke about with their feud, which I yeah. did like. And it's the sort of thing you can play in a in a video package six months down the line when they have their feud again and say like, "Oh, you've been continually disrespecting me." We've also got um, sort of, I guess, the whole disrespecting the legends thing didn't work, and Drew made it work here. He was like, I've never done that. Like, you're talking about your backside. Like, I've I've always respected the legends. I've always said, like, to be respected, you have to respect sort of other people back, which he has done. So I, I thought this promo was great in sort of setting the setting the standards of what this feud should be and it is obviously going to be weird because uh, sort of the 14 days ends with drew with drew mcintyre only being able to appear on the go home segment so we're likely going to have more of these skype promos next week which i'm a surprised that wwe hasn't been doing more of with, with, with the pandemic drew did it just fine and um i think that it, it, it was really effective it it made the feud maybe more excited of the feud because those sort of things were ironed out and i i take it you'd you sort of agree with that assessment and i, I do want to say on this kudos to drew mcintyre who tested positive for covid and still appeared on the show sort of sort of sort of appeared on the show in some yeah. capacity like hats off to him for testing positive and um, like we know this is no joke thankfully he said he's got no symptoms but testing positive then still being like you know what i'll film this in and, and get it get it across so hats off to him I mean, both both like his explanation for testing positive as well as the the promo on Goldberg were just top-notch stuff. It proved why he's the top guy, why he's the WWE champion, and especially the Goldberg promo because it, it basically was a maintenance job. He had to clean up the mess that Goldberg created in starting off this story, and he cleaned it up perfectly well. He told him, you're putting words into my mouth. I've always showed respect to the legend. <laughs> It makes him a baby face, and at the same time, it doesn't make Goldberg a heel. It just makes him delusional, but there's delusional baby faces as well. That's just a, a regular human trait, and sometimes if you're a legend, you're a little bit older, you can be delusional as well. But he just did a perfect job of kind of building the story about Goldberg trying to get the one title that's eluded him, and this was a great, this was a better starting point than that awful promo last week by Goldberg. So I really enjoyed this. And this once again shows by Drew McIntyre is in the position that he's in. Yeah. I mean, we've actually got SB, uh, not SB three. Uh, we've got him here. We've got Alex McCarthy in the comments. So Alex, hope yeah. you're doing well with, with Abu Dhabi and enjoying yourself out there. Uh, I want to say about Drew McIntyre. Um, he was responsible for the best thing on the show without being on the show with the Keith Lee and Seamus stuff. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool having that sort of friendly rivalry stuff continue. It would have been cool to see him there, maybe like we're talking to them backstage or something. But I'm I'm kind of up for the idea of a Sheamus and Keith Lee tag team. I actually, re- this was one of the the bright spots of Monday Night Raw for me. Other, other than the, the weird transition between them hugging and then coming back from commercial break and they're fighting, I wish that they would have just been fighting the entire matchup. That yeah, they 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 have more respect for each other since Keith came close to beating Drew McIntyre last week, but they still don't get along. They're still frustrated with each other 
tagging into the matches and they have this kind of type of alpha male type of uh, relationship, which was already set up by the Drew and Sheamus relationship. So it would have been a nice continuation. It would have built up Keith Lee more. Keith Lee was awesome in the matchup against Miz and Morrison. I wish that they kind of would have ended the match with him pouncing him and the ring breaking instead of using it for an ad break. That would have been a perfect ending to it. And then like Seamus getting mad at him, like, oh man, we could have got the win, but you you had to go beat Keith Lee. And then that started their whole next matchup. That would have been a better transition than what we saw. But you know, their match was probably the highlight and the and the match of the night on Monday Night Raw last night. Yeah, I think they're actually booking Keith Lee quite well, doing sort of nice little um, spots for him like that. And he had a great showcase in the match last week. So hopefully more of the same from Keith Lee. And that'll maybe sort of culminate in a Rumble win. Who knows? Uh, let's get into one more Ultra Chat. Oh, go on. I said we could we could see it. I mean, Keith Lee is kind of like a dark horse in this whole uh, Royal Rumble situation. You know, we talked about... Big E and Daniel Bryan, but it could realistically come from the Raw side, and we're just not expecting it. Especially if I'm right, if Bianca is winning on the SmackDown side, they might want to switch it up and have the Raw winner come from the on the men's side. So you never know. Something tells me if we're really happy about one of the Rumble winners, like a Bianca Belair or a Keith Lee, we're or a Daniel Bryan or someone someone that we want. The other one is going to be someone that we really don't want. It's going to be that like like we got last year with the Drew McIntyre. That everyone's like, yeah, and then the Charlotte Fair. That everyone's like, hmm. they couldn't give us Shayna Baszler and Drew McIntyre. It was like, right, you can have one or the other. It's like when 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 you. Go to the sweet cupboard at home and you go and pick out two sweets. And your mom's like, no, 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 you can have one. Pick one and the other, you got to have a piece of fruit for your other snack. But but it's also the fact that the last two years before that, we got we got two winners that we were all happy with. In 2018, yeah. it was Nakamura and Asuka. 2019, it was Seth, who was popular at the time. This is before his Twitter game we made forget. him a heel. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Becky Lynch. So... We had two straight years of that. That's why WWE was like, no, 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 no. We gave you what you want the last two years. Let, let's do something. We're going to give what we want. And I think that this year, we're going to get two Rumble winners we enjoy because they're going to save all the animosity from the fans for Goldberg winning the WWE Championship. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Um, just stop it. Uptown Avondale says here, Louis' mum probably still doesn't let him have a second cookie. No, no, she doesn't. She's still on the one cookie rule. Uh, and we've got uh, Mob Mother Jenna here. Uh, you have a whole cupboard just for sweets. I'm moving in with you. We actually don't. No. I don't know why oh, I said no? that. We, we don't have that. I wish we did. Um, but, yeah. So, that, that it, it's... Uh, We'll see how the rumble goes. And obviously, as, as we get closer to the show, we'll start talking about plans and what gets reported and all of that jazz. Um, one ultra chat here that we'll get into from um Chantadel Jong. That's how I'm gonna go with that. Really sorry if I mispronounced that. WWE will probably miss a Thunder to go Thunderdome when crowds return because they now have a hundred percent control over the fan response. Yeah. Probably. I, I agree with you that Triple H would not get that. Maybe he would get that reaction because it is still Triple H. But it, it, a lot of like when Charlotte Flair returned, listen, I, I'm a Charlotte, I'm a big Charlotte Flair fan. I'm a massive fan of her work. But there is no chance that she gets the reaction she should, she does when she returned because WWE can't control it. And I think we're really going to see that at the Rumble. Yeah, I think I think you're like I said, I think Goldberg's gonna get a big chance. I, I think Charlotte's gonna get a loud pop when she gets into the Royal Rumble match. WWE likes this form of control and it's something that they've wanted for what six, seven years now with the whole Roman Reigns uh experience. So 
we will see. We will see how they adjust. But I totally understand, you know, the reasoning for not having fans at the Royal Rumble. Logistically speaking, it's a lot to kind of set up the Thunderdome and have to put it back together the following night when they don't have fans. So it's understandable. I hope that we they are now aiming for WrestleMania to bring at least some type of capacity of a crowd in. Yeah, I hope so. I think even if you do WrestleMania at the Capitol Wrestling Center, just have some fans there. It just needs some. I'm actually surprised they didn't do the Rumble at the Capitol Wrestling Center, if I'm being really honest. Maybe having that many people at the Performance Center, because you've got a minimum of six, minimum, like a bare, bare minimum of 60 for both Rumble matches. So it, it maybe just having that many people in that small space wasn't a good idea. But I, I am surprised they're not doing the run by the Capital Wrestling Center. But as I said when I had Denise on the show on Friday, but hats off to WWE because they like I spoke to John Alber about this and I messaged him and I said, "Listen, man, how many fans could WWE have? Like, if they really wanted to, he goes, if they wanted to, they could have seventy-five thousand stat fans in a stadium. There are no rules suggesting they can't. And I, if you ask me this question in April, I would have said, listen, whatever WWE is allowed to have, they will have. And so, you know what? Fair play. Hats off to them for not making that decision going with what was right, which is, I think we can all decide. It's a shame, but not having fans is definitely the right call. Um, Something I do want to bring up here from uh, A-Shock first. Have you had a Three Musketeers bar and then Uptown Avondale? Three Musketeers are the worst candy bar in the history of food. I have to be honest. I have no clue what a Three Musketeers bar is. It isn't something we get in the UK, or if it is, it's something I've never heard of. So what is a Three Musketeers bar? Uh, I, I agree with Uptown Avondale. Three Musketeers are one of the worst candy bars out there. Um, I, 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 t- I tend to get away from them. I'm like, uh, I'm like everybody else besides Dustin on Stranger Things, where uh, they hated Three Musketeers, and he was the only one that liked it. And, you know. That explains a lot, but uh, you have to be a Stranger Things fan to understand that. But uh, I, I prefer Twix. I prefer a Twix over over uh, Three Musketeers myself. So for those that don't know, we are going to read the description because this is the kind of content you get on the Wrestling Daily, not just wrestling news. You get candy bar news. So Three Musketeers is a candy bar made in the US and Canada by Mars. It is a candy bar consisting of chocolate-covered, fluffy, whipped mousse. It is a lighter chocolate bar similar to the Global Milky Way. Okay. Okay. It even sounds I mean, a Milky Way is not too bad. I have to be honest. I, I'm a fan of a Milky Way chocolate bar. But the, it didn't sound great from the description. So I will, I will agree with Uptown Avondale just based on the description and say I'm not a fan of A3 Musketeers. Um, but I tell you what, guys, get in in the comments the chocolate bars you want us to uh, review without actually eating them just by their Wikipedia descriptions. That is a fantastic uh, segment for a show. Um, we've seen just some more old chats coming in, guys. If you want to get those in, head on over to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle2. We've got a little bit more news to cover before we head out of here. Um, and obviously, if you want us to debate debate a, a, debate a particular topic, or talk about something, get it in in the uh, Ultra Chats. So, a little bit more news now before we head out of here. We have got um, WWE India. So, we've seen NXT UK, we've seen NXT in the States, and it looks like we might be getting NXT India coming soon, with the Superstar Spectacle uh, launching uh, sort of their first show, which is going to be on the January 26th which is a Republic Day in India, so sort of a national holiday, which is where they're going to do that. The show is going to be filmed at the Thunderdome, reportedly, and it looks like... So it had been reported and rumoured that Jinder Mahal was going to return to that show, which does make sense, and have the Bollywood boys there and sort of the other Indian talent that WWE has on their books. That Unfortunately, I don't want to butcher how to sort of butcher their pronunciation of their names. Um but it actually looks like we might be getting some more main roster stars, some that are potentially pretty big, which shows WWE's intent with this thing. Because when we had the um, WWE tournament over in the UK, we, we did get some NXT. We got the Undisputed Era coming over for that great match with Mustache Mountain. But we didn't get some of the names that are being mentioned on this show, particularly the one of the fact that one is British and would have been great to bring over. And there wasn't COVID going on. So it wasn't out of the realms of possibility. But talk us through the names that have been uh, reported or sort of rumoured for this big uh, WWE India show, the Superstar Spectacle. 
Yeah, uh, so it was Sportskeeda Wrestling who reported this. They said, while our sources maintain that the names of the Raw and SmackDown superstars could change at any moment, uh, some of the names that are being considered are Drew McIntyre. Of course, this was prior to him testing positive for COVID. AJ Styles, Charlotte Flair, The New Day, Bailey, and Rey Mysterio. So it, it's definitely kind of a, a combination of both Raw and SmackDown individuals. Of course, with Drew McIntyre kind of being off off those options, probably most likely, I think maybe Roman Reigns might be another one that they might consider. But they also did mention that uh, there will be the Indian talent that are under contract, like Jinder Mahal, the Bollywood Boys, uh, Indu Share, who was on uh, NXT. Yeah. Uh, early on during the whole pandemic, as well as some recruits that they have gotten for NXT India. So I, I'm I'm hopeful for this uh, WWE and their whole expansion. I I I would I think I would be probably critical when I say this, but I think it hasn't been the best. Uh, NXT UK has delivered some great takeover shows, but the commitment to promoting NXT UK just hasn't been there. So it, it doesn't leave me with the most optimism for NXT India. But I think that we have seen that WWE seems more invested. Like we got an Indian WWE champion before we got a British WWE champion. So it seems that they are more committed to making NXT India something. They have people like Jeff Jarrett, who is going to be working closely with NXT India. So it is something that they seem like they are going to be um, more devotion to. Yeah, and I mean, it will definitely be sort of, I'm looking forward to it purely for the fact that they are five and a half hours ahead of us. So if the show takes place at 8 p.m. India time, that's 2.30 for me, which is perfect, rather than making me stay up till 4 a.m. like you guys do for Raw. I don't know why I'm having a go at SB3 here. Like, uh, he's responsible for the for the concept of time zones. Um, but yeah, it's definitely interesting to see that WWE is bringing out some big names for this, presumably because it is in Florida. It's it's in Orlando, the area. It makes sense to have them in. You're not having to fly them out to the UK like you would with a Drew McIntyre or a Finn Balor, like we have seen before with Finn Balor in fairness. Um, so not all that surprising. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, great to see uh, so much stock being put into that because it is the I think what what do they call it global localization is is that that's, yep. that's Triple H's uh sort of um, on his soundboard that's one of his go to phrases so it will be interesting to see how uh, sort of the NXT uh, India brand develops and we'll obviously keep you posted on that um before we get into the final bit of news I want to talk about Adam Pierce. Because I love this. I really love this. And I want to get your thoughts on it. Because I saw actually Matty in the comments say, have we mentioned SmackDown? We haven't. No. Uh, but I want to. So let's get into talking about it. Because we haven't had a show since then. What do you think about the idea of Adam Pearce versus Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble? What did you think of the SmackDown segment on uh, on last week's show? And do you think that's the match we get at the Royal Rumble? Or do you think they're going to sort of swerve us before the show? Uh, to, to start off with what I thought about the whole angle on SmackDown, I liked it and I hated it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, know I, mean. I, I liked it that it was Adam Pierce. I liked the way Roman did it. Um, you know, try because, you know, Heyman told them, you know, don't put your hands on him. He's a WWE official. So he worked his way to having the opportunity to beat Adam Pierce up. So I like that part of it. And I think that Adam Pierce is going to surprise people because I'm a, I, like I've said before, I'm a big independent wrestling fan, a big fan of like ROH of the 2000s, the early 2010s. So I've seen Adam Pierce up close and personal in New York. I, 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 I love the match that he posted up. Over the weekend, him and Brett Albright for the NWA uh, World Heavyweight Championship. I, I was there live for that in 2008. One of the better matches that I've ever seen live because it was a feud that I wasn't too interested in. And it kind of turned the whole crowd around and got everybody invested in it. I just don't like the fact that it came on the heels of a whole baby face turn and a whole rehabilitation for Shinsuke Nakamura. That didn't make any sense to me. Like, it was like Daniel Bryan is in this match 
you've been teasing Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns for how long? And Daniel Bryan would have fit in much better. Like you, you have Daniel Bryan work his way through, beat two, three people, and then Roman and Jay screw him out of it. It was just too much at once for Shinsuke Nakamura. Like I went in thinking Shinsuke, okay, this is the heel that I've seen for the last two years that he's been a heel. And then he turns babyface in the middle of this matchup, defeats Rey Mysterio, defeats King Corbin, has a really, really, really good match. The, the highlight of the whole gauntlet with him and Daniel Bryan, he shakes his hand, furthering his babyface push. So, you know, the, the Roman and Jay screwing him over does solidify him as a babyface, but he is the perfect option to now versus Roman Reigns. You, you booked yourself into a corner. Like, if it was Daniel Bryan, hey, I understand. Daniel Bryan's been there, done that. It sets up for something down the line. But, you know, doing this for Shinsuke at the same time, you know, you're rehabbing him, turning him babyface, and him picking up wins that he wouldn't have picked up a week, uh, three weeks ago when he was losing to Otis. It was just too much at once, and that was the part that I hated. So I agree, and I also disagree, because I think, like, yeah, there was a lot going on, but I don't think that was necessarily a bad thing. And I actually don't think Shinsuke's time is now. I think that you can delay it out a bit, have Shinsuke be Roman Reigns' opponent, potentially after the Royal Rumble, before WrestleMania. Have that as sort of your you, the you you planted the seeds now. Daniel Bryan, I wouldn't have had him lose if he's going to challenge at WrestleMania, but I think with the Royal Rumble, we've seen sort of you can lose matches for a month before, but if you win the Rumble, it sort of erases that, and you're just on that path. But that's so, why that's why it didn't make sense for him to lose to Shinsuke. I feel like he should have been the one that they screwed over. I think it would have been more effective if they screwed over Daniel Bryan, and then Daniel Bryan feels forced to win the Raw Rumble to get the opportunity that he got screwed out of. Yes, I agree with that. I do agree with, with that. But I also think that it I would that that's ultimately setting up just one story, like two storylines with Adam Pearce and Roman Reigns, and then D uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. But coming out of this now, we've kind of got three with Shinsuke Nakamura. I did that and as well, and anything to see to see Shinsuke Nakamura get a good babyface run and a good run at the top because that is more than he deserves. Uh, I'm happy to see, but I, I think overall, it's obviously it, 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 light years ahead of Raw. It was actually a very well paced yeah. show with Dolph Ziggler and um, and Robert Roode winning the tag titles, and then Apollo Crews and Big E, I, was, I got worked because I was like, damn, they're going to do that screw finish. And then I actually think it was the best thing they could have done because for the first time in months, Apollo Crews showed character. He showed sort of get a bit about himself, which I think, yeah, if that's how we have to get there, perfect. Fantastic. And it, we might be getting that a rematch of that on next week's SmackDown. So, yeah, good stuff from SmackDown once again. Uh, I, I kind of wish we, we, we had the, SmackDown was on a Monday so we could review that show and talk about that show uh, during um, during the Wrestling Daily and then sort of just leave Raw over the weekend for us to sort of calm down a bit and then we'll speak about it on the Tuesday show once we've uh, realized that it's, it's just an objectively bad show. And but, talking, um, yeah. smack, talking Smack even added to that with uh, the Paul Heyman and uh, Apollo Crews. Like, that was the most invested they've ever made me in Apollo Crews and what's next for him. And I, I've been starting to watch Raw Talk mainly because of you. You with the, I think the first time was that Charlotte, when, when you said, like, Charlotte m messed up saying something. So I was like, okay, let me start watching Raw Talk. Oh, smack this talking smack blows away raw talk. Like it's not just SmackDown is better Paul than Heyman. Raw. Yeah, Paul Heyman is like the MVP. And even just Paul Heyman and uh Kayla Braxton, the heat between them the last couple of weeks has been like the gold, the gold mine of, of everything on this show. I like Kayla Braxton a lot. I think she's fantastic. I just wish it was Renee Young. And that's nothing yeah. against Kayla Braxton. Just when I think of talking smack, I think of Renee Young and Daniel Bryan. And it would be so cool to have that back. But uh, Renee Young's a bit busy at the moment, uh, obviously outside of WWE, and uh, with her Oral Sessions podcast, which is fantastic. She, she's she got Eddie Kingston on this week, which I cannot wait to listen to. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, we got some final ultra chats to get into before we head out of here. Uh, but before we do that, I want to talk about um, Swoggle. So Hornswoggle, former WWE star, Hornswoggle now with Impact as Swoggle, has said that we've got um, 
So remember that match of backlash, the infamous cinematic match between Street Profits and Viking Raiders, which was, and I don't think I'm exaggerating saying this, one of the worst 20, 15, 20 minutes of television I have ever seen. Yes. Ever. It featured ninjas. It featured an alligator. It was another one of those things that we talked about at the top of the show. If someone walked in, I would have been embarrassed to watch this. I would have been like, hmm. This is bad. I have no way of explaining this. And Hornswoggle has revealed he was actually flown out to the performance center to to be part of the 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 monstrosity, if you can even call it that. Um, and they they just didn't end up using him. So, uh, do you want to run us through the quote that he said uh, to Comic Book in his interview? Yes, he said, no one knows this because it never aired, but I was flown to the Performance Center to film a segment on Backlash during the Street Profit uh, and Viking Raiders match that just never made it to air. It's just, we just never got to film it because we ran out of time and the weather was not in our favor. It just started sideways, raining out, uh, so we didn't get to shoot any of that segment. So I I did enjoy the we nominal uh swoggle on impact wrestling and that was good use of him i even enjoyed him as the baby in the hangover segment with the inner circle on aew but i think that i would not have enjoyed that if i also had to see him in what was no i i, I can i can per- call it this this the worst cinematic match of 2020 for the wwe yeah it, it it was bad. It was really, really bad. But um, I'm happy that... Um, almost happy we didn't see it. So Paul Hornswoggle doesn't have to forever be uh, associated with that monstrosity because it was bad. Um, but we've now got some old chats to get into uh, before we wrap up. So one here from Scope. Why did WWE announce Drew's positive COVID test but not the reported four others? Admit it. Alex is out of the country because of Goldberg's return. When I read Admit It after that, I thought he was going to accuse us of sort of covering things up for WWE. Um, It's obviously three reported others, at least. Uh, so not four reported others. Uh, Drew is in that four. Yeah. Um, I think, as, as Alex mentioned, at the, uh, as SB3 mentioned at the top of the show, because Drew is such an integral part of Raw, an integral part of what they were doing with the show, heavily promoted, everything was centered around it being a big night for him. You can't not address it and... If they can address as little as it uh, as little of it as possible, that's the best way to do it. And I'm sure he isn't the only like other companies as well. If someone isn't featured as part of the show, they probably don't announce that they've come into contact with COVID because why alarm people? Why get people worried? Um, I do understand a part of it wanting to be transparent, but um, obviously, it, 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 if these people want to come forward, they can. If they don't want to, they don't have to. It's it's up to them. Um, but yeah, I think SP3 was on the money with that. Uh, one here from Tyler Woodward. So with Super Elite being a thing across AW and Impact, could we see Bullet Club come in and have a blood and guts Bullet Club versus Super Elite match? We have Super Elite versus Dark Order with Hangman. Hashtag SP3 for Quizzlemania. Hashtag jam that jam. We actually got that. Uh, that that uh, hashtag was on Quizzlemania. And Adam seemed quite... Fond of the idea. So next time I speak to Adam, don't worry, SP3. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a good word for you. Um here, folks. Yeah, I I don't think we'll see Bullet Club in, in AEW for a blood and gutch match. I'd love it, but I don't think we will. I also don't know if I love Dark Order, especially after everything that's gone on. My and seeing the more of them as people as opposed to characters, I think they're fantastic. I just unfortunately don't think the Dark Order are big enough as a group to have in that first Blood and Guts match. I do, I do, and I'm happy to be proved wrong, but I just don't think they're the big star, especially with you com- when you compare with what they were going to do. I just don't think it works. So I think we're more likely to see a sort of AEW, sort of a, a how do I word this, a sort of group led by AEW wrestlers that aren't really like a pre-existing group. They're just fighting for AEW. So you have the likes yeah. of uh, Hangman Page in there, Cody Rhodes in there. You have uh, John Moxley in there. You have people like that. Maybe a tag team. I don't know. FTR. Actually, they don't really epitomize AEW. Uh, we'll figure it out. 
Um, but you have people like there who can sort of represent AW as opposed to Dark Order because as much as I like them, and I'd probably be interested in seeing that as a five-man tag, like Hangman and maybe as a main event of Dynamite, I just don't think it's what you should do for your first big blood, blood and guts match. I don't think they're big enough as an act. I, I agree with you there. I think that uh, it, it. I don't even think it's going to be an all AEW group that goes against uh, the Super Elite. I think it's going to be like Team Moxley. Moxley playing the role of Sting to the Super Elite's Four Horsemen, and he has to put together his own team. So I can see it with Impact guys like the Motor City Machine Guns. Hell, we can have him uh, turn Sammy Sammy Callahan babyface due to their connection or him. Uh, and then I think that he's going to be missing one person and the savior of the whole team is going to be Hangman Page. And Hangman Page comes in and he's the one that scores the pinfall for the super elite, I mean, over the super elite for the win. And I think that, I think the blood and guts match is how we finish off this first chapter of the super elite. Cause I think after the blood and guts match, I think that's when they're the uh, Kenny Omega, Carl Anderson and doc gallows are going to turn on the young bucks. Cause I think you were absolutely right at the beginning of the show. The, the, the end goal should be a champions versus champions match with the good brothers versus the young bucks. And they kind of tease that on BT with the opening segment with the Young Bucks still kind of salty that that the Good Brothers screwed them over with the debut episode of Dynamite. That first bit of BT was the funniest thing I have ever seen. After two emotional weeks of shows with obviously the Brody Lee tributes, uh, this was just, it just made me laugh so much when they're talking about Carl Anderson, um, Luke Gallows masturbating in a bathroom. I don't even know what was going on. It was just funny. And you could tell they were trying to pop each other. They were really trying to make each other laugh, which is brilliant. Um, we got a comment here from Ace Shock. Team Taz versus Nightmare Family. I don't know about that because, again, in a similar vein to um, Dark Order, Cody's obviously a big name. Billy Gunn, I guess, is a big name, but not really. The rest of Nightmare Family aren't big enough names for me. I don't think they're, they're the sort of names you like. I mean, if, if, listen, he seems like a lovely guy, but I don't think Austin Gunn should be in the first Blood and Guts match. <laughs> Just for me personally, I, w I don't think it would work. Um, but yeah, I, I think that... Oh, um, Uptown Avondale suggested in the comments uh, Motor City Machine Guns to represent um, the AW team, which could be cool. I mean, if it, maybe you don't frame it as that, but if they're involved in the feud, that could be quite cool um but yeah I, I don't think nightmare family would be the one to go for there maybe that's something we can uh debate tomorrow we'll we'll, we'll decide uh, between us what we'll debate tomorrow maybe that's something we could do um we've got here one from uh christy christiana um just show my support to wrestling daily community hosts and moderators alike uh, yeah thank you very much we appreciate obviously all of the support you guys have given us and uh, the moderators are fantastic these shows aren't possible without the work that they do so thank you to everyone that's modding today and has modded any wrestling daily show that we've done uh, these shows really couldn't get done without you guys and one final one here from matty uh, hey louis and sp3 louis did you make up with harvey he clearly appreciated your attempt at a hug so i will show you this i was I, so my dog sits on my bed, which is behind me while I work, and he's just always there. So I went to give him a hug today, and I was like, you know what, he's looking cute. I went to give him a hug. So he, let's see if you can see it, he just stuck his paw in my face as I went to give him a hug. I went to give him a hug, and he just went, <laughs> no, get away. Okay. Okay. I didn't know you knew how to do that, but fair enough. Uh, so yes, we have made up. We, we, we are now friends. Uh, again, we've actually got a bit of a fox problem in the garden. We're getting a lot of foxes in the garden, and he's getting very excited. But we don't want to let him out in case the foxes are a bit aggressive. So um, he's currently just—you might have heard him barking downstairs. I had to mute myself at one point because he's getting very excited by the foxes. Um, but yeah, enough about my problems with my dog and my uh, the fox problem in my garden. But uh, it's been a pleasure to be here with SB3 today, as it always is to be on shows with him. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode of the Wrestling Daily with our debates and news. I'll be back with Stephanie Chase on Thursday and again on Friday 
for the shows this week, possibly with some cameos from Alex uh, in video form. Uh, we, we, we've loved today's show. It's been uh, very, very uh, good to talk to you guys and good to delve into the news after a few days off. Uh, if you want to follow SB3 on Twitter, he is at True Heel Heat and on the True Heel Heat YouTube channel. Uh, as he is so kindly pointing to for all the YouTube viewers out there. Uh, we're on podcasts for people that want to find us there over at Apple, Spotify, anywhere that you can get a good podcast from. We're there at Wrestling Daily. So tune in over there if that's your preferred, uh, preferred mode of listening. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.